one, two, check, check, one, two, testing, one, one, two. I'm not going to start with Alice. There you go. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to SAGBC Homecoming. We're delighted you're with us. Those who are joining us via live stream, we're delighted to be in your house. As you pray for the choir this morning, we're going to open up on a new favorite song of mine. This is an old song by Amy Keffer called Then the Blood Cried Out. I hope it blesses your heart. Let's go, choir. Here we go. Sing out now. 
Homecoming Sunday here at SAGBC. Pastor Ken's going to come lead us. Let's sing this morning. Amen. We'll do I Know My Name Is There. We'll do the first, second, and last verse of that this morning. I Know My Name Is There. My name is there. 
church this morning. Say amen. We're so glad you're with us. Thank you for coming out this morning. Beautiful day the Lord's given us. We're going to open up in prayer. Let me give you a couple of very quick prayer requests as we put out on our call system yesterday. Please pray for Sister Sheila in the home going of Brother Percy. They've been married 60 plus years. You remember them in prayer as arrangements are made. We'll put those out as soon as they are available. Please pray for Brooklyn Beer, Jessica's daughter. She'll be having uh, uh, surgery tomorrow, tonsil surgery. Please continue to lift up Sister Stovall's father uh, as hospice has been called in. Spiritual need there as well. Let's remember the services. How many of you want to see the Lord show up this morning? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today, and we're glad to be in your house. We are so grateful and thankful for the opportunity you've given us just to assemble ourselves together on this, the Lord's day. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our services. We need the presence of the God to be manifest this morning. Lord, we know we are always here, but Lord, we love it when your presence is such that we walk out of here saying it was good to be in God's house. Lord, I pray your blessings upon each of these requests. Lord, for the singing today, may it uplift that precious name, that name that is above every name, the name at whose mention every knee shall bow. Lord, I pray if there's anyone lost today, never met Jesus as Savior, that this would be the day when the Spirit of God would beckon them, would draw them closer, and Lord, that they would make that decision to follow Christ today. And Lord, for all of us who are saved, may we leave knowing that we've drawn closer to you. We need the presence of the Holy One in our midst. We'll ask it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Pray for the choir this morning. We're so glad to see you. Love this song. Love to hear Miss Lisa sing it. I hope it blesses your heart. Sing, Miss Lisa. David sang the praises of the glory of Jehovah. Stop! 
You love them this morning. Been good, amen? Oh, yeah. I'm so thankful this morning I serve a prayer-answering God. He's never farther away than the whisper of a prayer. I hope this blesses your heart. Come on, Matt.
We're going to do one more for you this morning. How many of you have to say, if you look back over the course of your life, one theme resonates, God's been good. Hear me? Come on, baby.
Thank you so much, choir. Wonderful job this morning. Again, we are so delighted to welcome you out to SAGBC. Thank you for coming today. Let me go through some announcements with you. A reminder, right after services today, we'll have our homecoming lunch, catered meal downstairs. Everybody's invited. Everybody's paid for, taken care of. You join us today, if you would, right after the service. When you go into the dessert area, you'll see some uh, little yellow buckets set up. That If you've got a dollar or two you want to drop in those, that'll be a tip for our servers downstairs today. Please come join us. We would be honored if you'd have lunch with us after our services today. This coming Saturday is the first of our summer cruise ends uh, from 3 to 6, set up time at 2 o'clock. Uh, all of the proceeds will benefit our back-to-school ministry. I think most of you are familiar with that. We are delighted to partner in that organization, providing backpacks, shoes, school supplies for our area school kids. Uh, again, set up time for everyone who is helping at 2 o'clock. We'll have gospel singing, food, vendors. We'll have a great time this coming uh, Saturday you keep that in mind. A reminder to all of our graduates, whether it is uh, high school or college, graduation Sunday is June the 4th. The, 4th, the first Sunday of June is our graduation Sunday. You please let uh, Miss Susan or Sister Leanne know if you're going to set up a table. We want to honor you on that Sunday morning. And then a reminder of our parking lot pledge campaign that's going on, doing pledges through this month and money is due at the end of June. Thank you for those who have already contributed. We sure ask you to pray about how you can help us in that capacity. Fellas, come on and make your way down this morning. If you would, Mr. Nate, play for us. Play, play second verse that he will hide me. And, uh, if you would, please. It's page 10 if you need it, babe. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the offering this morning. Pray your blessings upon the gift and the giver. Lord, may your son be glorified today in Christ's name. Amen. Take off, fellas.
know y'all get tired of hearing me say it, but that woman knows how to flirt with a Baptist preacher, doesn't she? Amen. Let's stand together one more time. We're going to have a song of fellowship while you are. Two more quick prayer requests. Please pray for Chelsea's grandmother in West Virginia. They've stopped treatment on her. And we put out on let you know about Brother Larry. He's home, uh, but he's got 60-plus staples in that leg. Looks like Frankenstein. Please pray for Brother Larry. We're going to have a song of fellowship. Y'all come and get ready, Brother Scott and your family. We're glad to see you this morning. Come on, Brother Scott. Uh, Brother Ken. <laughs> while we're preparing to sing the song, a couple of announcements I'd like to make about the cruise in. We need some help. Need some help on Saturday, so we always have a lot of help, but don't take that for granted. We'd like to see you show up, help us out. We're going to need uh, some food servers to help with the food line food line that we have there. Then also, as he mentioned, setups at 2 p.m. We're also going to need some parking lot attendants. Daryl has informed me he's not going to be able to be here this Saturday, so we need some people to help take his place. Daryl's not going to be here, so we're going to need three men to take Daryl's place, all right? Daryl is the parking lot guy. He's got his job, that's his job, and he loves it, and I appreciate him, and all you do out there in the parking lot, brother, appreciate that. But we need some help this coming Saturday. Looking forward to it. Y'all pray we'll have some beautiful weather. And we're also going to have a table set up this year for the back-to-school to, to kind of show people what's involved in that with the backpack, the shoes, all the stuff that goes in there. And if you'd be willing, you'll see at the table we're going to have it set up if someone someone would be willing to sponsor a child. It's $22. Sponsor a child, and uh, you can make, uh, you can, you'll see them. They'll have it set up. Miss Rhonda and uh, Michaela. I hadn't told you, but you're going to help. And <laughs> y'all get together and get the table set. It's going to be a good day. Looking forward to seeing all the good food and fellowship there. We're going to sing Windows of Heaven one time through, and then I'll get out of the way. down very quickly if you would first Sunday of the month is Mission Sunday while they're coming I want to express my appreciation to your kindness that you all showed to James and Anna for the shower last Sunday of course as you know they weren't able to be here she was in labor and successfully brought the little girl into the world on early early Monday morning 530 everyone's doing well I got I got tickled because everyone kept asking uh, how's Anna Anna's good how's the baby the baby's good and then they say and how's James <laughs> And James is exactly like you. They're watching this morning. James is exactly like you'd expect. He is graphing and charting every bowel movement, every feeding, every diaper change. We have this family connect thing, and we know everything that little girl does by the hour. I told you, I, I raised Sheldon from Big, uh, from Big Bang Theory. Amen. But we're so thankful 
that the Lord brought uh, Lilibet into the world, and we're grateful for your prayers. This is Mission Sunday here at the church. First Sunday of the month is always Mission Sunday, and so you give generously. Are you glad to see the Scott Matthews family with us this morning? Amen. They're going to sing for us. Fellas, you all take off, uh, and we're delighted to have Scott and his family with us. Sing for us, guys.
Circumstances only God. 
exhausted his kindness as gentle compassion pulls you out of hiding just when you thought that his grace somehow reached the end you find your forgiven It's so amazing how he could move heaven and earth. To reach through the darkness, the shame, the heartache, the hurt. And we found out again there is nothing the Savior Seeing surrender so he can renew and restore. Just when you thought you could somehow outrun him, you're chased down by mercy as he proves there's nothing that his blood can cover and his arms can reach you. Just when you thought you've exhausted his kindness, his gentle compassion pulls you out of hiding. Just when you thought that his grace somehow reached the end, you find your forgiven again. Exhausted his kindness, his gentle compassion pulls you out of hiding. Just when you thought that his grace somehow reached the end, you found your forgiven again. You found your
Morgan, just in, in recent days, wrote a brand new song that I want you to hear this morning. It's about the story of Ruth. You know the story how that Naomi and Elimelech left Bethel, went to Moab, had two sons. Their sons married girls of Moab. Elimelech and the two sons died, and Naomi became bitter. She heard there was bread in the house of Bethel. She said, I'm headed back to Bethel told her daughter-in-law, said, you go back to your people, you go back to your home, I'm, I'm bitter, I'm headed north, I'm headed to Bethel. Or I kissed her mom-in-law on the cheek, never to be heard from again. Ruth said, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lay, I'll lay. Your God will be my God, I'm going to Bethel. She gets to Bethel and finds herself in the field of Boaz. Finds herself receiving those handfuls of purpose. Boaz goes to the gate, meets a man who's the next of kin. 
Boaz takes off his shoe and says, I'll take her. If you don't want her, I'll take her. I can redeem her. I have the ability. I have the finances. I can redeem her. That man agreed to the deal. Ruth found herself at the feet of Boaz. Next thing you know, she finds herself as the bride, redeemed by her kinsman redeemer. And I'm glad our kinsman redeemer has the ability to redeem us. He has the ability today because of grace to redeem us. And this song just simply says, I found it all when I found him. Broken and defeated, Ruth felt all alone. She had just lost her husband, and now she's leaving home. She met a man named Boaz in a field outside of town. And in that very moment, that's where grace was found she found him in her lowest point of time she found grace when she looked into his eyes she was broken she was bound until by Boaz she was found she was just
I'll just use this mic here, if that'll be all right. Mark chapter number five, just a, just a few minutes. I understand that clock back there says 11.53, and I realize I'm the only thing standing between y'all and a catered meal. <laughs> we good Baptists love to eat, so I promise you, I promise you. Preacher, thank you for letting us come, homecoming Sunday. We love you, preacher, love his family, and uh, thank y'all for everything. Mark chapter number five, the end of Mark chapter number four, y'all know the story. Um, the Lord tells the disciples, let us pass into the, on, on to the other side. Get in the boat, boys. We're going across the sea. And when the Lord tells the disciples at the end of Mark chapter number 4 to get in the boat, we're going to the other side. There is no crash course on, Lord, what happens if a storm hits? They don't ask. They don't question. They just obey the word of the Lord. They get in the boat. The Lord falls asleep in the hinder part of the ship. The Bible says they get out in the middle of the sea, and sure enough, the storm hits. The Bible says the waves beat against the ship that it was now full. How many know a full boat cannot float? These disciples are fearful. They're scared to death. They're asking themselves what in the world is going on. We're out here in, at the command of our Savior. We're in the perfect will of God. And the storm hits. Somebody gets the bright idea. Let's wake up the Lord. That's a great idea. But when they wake him up, they ask the dumbest question that's probably recorded in our King James Bible. They said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? They know he cares. They've been with him in trials. They've been with him in hard times. They've been with him with religious people. They know how he's treated them. They know he cares. But yet, right in the middle of their storm, these dumb questions enter their heart, enter their mind. They start to doubt. They start to fear. And they ask a dumb question. Let me say, I've asked that same dumb question in my life. Lord, don't you know where I am? Don't you understand what I'm going through? Where are you? We've all been there. But the Lord does not even address their dumb question. He handles their problem. Amen. He steps out on the bow of the ship. He calms the storm. The Bible says the waves lay down, the wind stops blowing, the lightning stops flashing, and then he asks them a question. Where's your faith? Yeah. Why are you so fearful? And they don't even address his question. Right. They're too busy standing there in amazement. Looking back, how did this happen? What has just went on in our lives? And they're saying, what manner of man is this that even the wind and seas obey him? Let me say, I've asked that several times in my life. I've looked back and wondered, how in the world did I make it through that? And how in the world did I make it through that? And how in the world did I make it through that? And I realized it had to be God. And I'm asking, what manner of man is this that'll bring me through that? What manner of man is this that even the storm and the seas, the wind and the seas obey him? What manner of man is this? I've asked that a lot of times. This portion of Scripture lets us know that our God's God over the deep. Whatever's going on in your life, the deep things of your life, you rest assured he's God over it. We get to the first part of chapter number five. The Bible tells about he comes to the country of the Gadarenes. There's a maniac meets him. The maniac falls down at his feet. This man's been living in the tombs. This man has been cutting himself. This man has been wailing out in the night. This man is crazy. I've met a lot of them in my life too. The Bible says he falls down at the Lord's feet. The Lord does not start a conversation with the man, but starts a conversation with the demons that are in this man. He said, what is thy name? And they said, Legion, 
for we a minute. They know who this man is. They know who this Lord Jesus Christ is. They start begging for their lives. Lord, bid us to enter into those swine, about 2,000 swine feeding on the hillside, the Bible says, the Lord bids them leave. The demons enter into the swine. The swine run down the hill. The Bible says they run into the sea. They're choked. They drown themselves. This lets us know that our God is not only God over the deep, but he's God over demons. This idea of spiritual warfare is as real as the pew you're sitting in. This idea of Satan being on an all-out attack against your home, against your family, trying to destroy your testimony, trying to take your character, trying to take your joy. This idea of the devil trying to drag your kids off into hell, drag your grandkids off into hell. There is a war for the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. There is a war of good versus evil, but I'm glad greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I'm glad we serve a God who knows all things and he has all power and the devil's head has been crushed the devil's head has been destroyed the devil is a defeated foe because a foe because he is God over demons we get to verse number 23 or 22 of this chapter and the Bible says there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and the Bible says when he saw him Jairus seeing the Lord the Bible says he falls at his feet. And the Bible says in verse 23, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And I'm interested, preacher, in the first five words of verse number 24. The Bible says, And Jesus went with him. And Jesus went with him. Just by way of introduction, let me let you know it doesn't matter what it is you're facing on this deep sea of life. It doesn't matter if you're facing demons. In just a little while, we'll, reach, we'll hear about a woman that's got a disease. It doesn't matter what you're facing in this life. There is a God who says, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. I'm with thee always, even to the end of the world. I am with thee. I'll be that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. It doesn't matter if you're facing heartache. It doesn't matter if you're facing heartbreak. It doesn't matter if you're facing cancer. It doesn't matter if you're facing death. It doesn't matter if you have a wayward son, a wayward daughter, a wayward husband, a wayward wife. There's a God in heaven who says, I am with you. There's a God in heaven who says, I will be with you. Whatever it is you're facing in this life right now, there is a God who says, I will go with you. And Jesus went with him. Concerning the life of Jairus, number one, the, the Lord goes with Jairus in his moment of desperation. I've got four daughters. I'm 52 years old, preacher. Four daughters had 24, uh, four daughters, two of those, almost 26 years. There's never been a time in my life, Brother Ken, as a, as a 52-year-old man, 26 of those having daughters, I've never felt like one of my little girls was ever at the point of death. Preacher, I've never felt like, well, this is the end for my little girl. This could, I, I've never been there. And I know some of you has been there. Some of you has had to cross that bridge. Some of you has had to plant that child, that son, that daughter. You know what it's like. But I'm talking personal. I've never been there. Now, there's been times I felt like I wanted to kill them. But I've never had times where I felt like they was going to die. So I can't say really that I know what Jairus is feeling. But I believe as a dad, 
I believe Jairus is at the place where he's tried everything in his power, humanly possible, preacher, to get the medicine that little girl needs, get the doctors that little girl needs, get the specialists that little girl needs, carry her everywhere, talk to, talk to people, find out what can I do. My little girl's sick unto death. I believe he's done everything humanly possible that he could possibly do. And I believe when he falls at the Lord's feet, I believe he's as desperate a man as a man could be because this is his baby. This is his little girl. And I believe he's thinking, Hey, I've tried everything else. Let me go talk to the master. I believe I've tried everything else. I need to get to the one who I know can help her, who I know can bring her to life, who I know can heal her disease. I've got to get to him. He falls down his feet, and in desperation, he cries out to the Lord, Lord, I need you to come, and I need you to lay hands on her. And I believe probably one of the hardest moments of Jairus' life was kissing that little girl on the forehead knowing this could be the last time he sees her alive and leaving to go get the help he needs. I believe this is, I mean, I'd want to be there, preacher. I wouldn't want to leave her side. I wouldn't want to walk away. And I believe one of the hardest, desperate moments in Jairus' life is when he kisses that little girl on the forehead and said, honey, just hang on. Honey, just hang on. I got to go get some help. I'm desperate. I've got to go get some help, honey. Just hang on. I'll be back as quick as I can. Just hang on. I believe he's as desperate a man as he could possibly be. Let me let you know, church, it doesn't have to be a 12-year-old girl that's sick. It could be cancer in your name in the same sentence. It could be that wayward husband. It could be that wayward wife. It could be that child who you have no idea where they are at this very moment. There's a God in heaven who knows where they are. Your desperate situation may not be important to anybody else, but it's important to you. And you know that if God doesn't come to where you are, if God doesn't touch your situation, your situation is hopeless. There is no hope. There is no help. There is no cure unless the God of heaven meets you in your desperate situation. Situation, he will go with you no matter what desperation you're facing. But number two, he not only goes with Jairus in his desperation, but he goes with Jairus in what Jairus thinks is a distraction. Now, preacher, I believe when Jairus gets the agreement of the Lord, we're going to my house. Maybe he grabs him by the hand and honors the church, I believe all ruler of the synagogue protocol goes out the window. Because this man's desperate. I believe, preacher, he maybe grabs the Lord by the hand when the Lord says, let's go. I believe maybe he grabs the Lord by the hand. Come on, let's go, let's go, Lord, we gotta go. It's just right around the corner, we gotta go. I mean, he's desperate. He needs to, it don't matter how much prestige he has. It doesn't matter how much seemingly pride he has. It doesn't matter what kind of position or what kind of stature he has. As far as being the ruler of the synagogue, this man is desperate. And I believe when the Lord says, let's go, he probably takes off running back to his house. And maybe while he's running, Brother Ken, he's telling the Lord, about his situation. Maybe his hand slips out of the Lord's hand. He's telling the Lord, Lord, it started about two months ago. She stopped eating. She started running a low-grade fever. About a month ago, it got real, real bad. Just yesterday, the doctor come in and said there's nothing else he can do. I mean, he's jogging. He's talking, Lord. This is happening. That's happening. But there is no kind of response coming from behind him. He stops, turns around, and maybe way back there, He sees the Lord talking to his disciples. 
And he's like, what? Uh, Lord, we got to go. Come on, Lord. She, I'm, I'm just right around the corner. Come on, we got to go. And he sees the Lord talking to everybody standing around him. He runs back over and says, I'm Lord, um, we really, really need to go. Time is of the essence. If we don't hurry up and get there, something bad's going to happen. My little girl, Lord, you, you remember? I'm desperate. And the Lord's talking to the disciples. Who touched me? And the disciples are responding. What do you mean, Lord, who touched you? There's a throng of people around here. Everybody's trying to reach out and touch him. What do you mean? Who touched him? And the Lord said, well, it's as though my virtue's gone from me. And the Lord turned around, saw that woman. I believe Jairus maybe looked around the Lord, saw that woman laying there. And Jairus is probably thinking, "Um, Lord, ain't nobody got time for that. Lord, I don't need you distracted. I don't need you held up. Remember the situation I just told you about? My little girl's right right about to die. If you don't come, if you don't lay hands on her, she is going to die. She may have already died. Lord, we got to go. And he probably said, "Um, Lord, that woman's been sick 12 years. What's one more day? I was here first. Lord, I asked before she touched. Lord, uh, she's been sick. Tw- we just had prayer over her at the, at the synagogue just, just a month or two ago. Lord, we poured oil on her. We prayed. She's been to every doctor. She's been to every, every tried every bit of medicine. She's spent all the money she has. Lord, we can wait for her tomorrow. Yeah. Now, I know you, you're thinking it probably didn't happen like that, but I know how you are, and I know how I am. Lord, my desperate situation needs an answer, and I need it right now. They can wait. I know they've got cancer, but I told you I had cancer first. I know mama's about to die, but I told you my mama's about to die first. We look down our religious nose and think Jairus wouldn't act like that. You would. I would. And he's like, Lord, we really ain't got no time to be distracted by this woman with the disease. And I believe the Lord, as gracious as he could, let Jairus know Jairus. I'm going to help this woman. And when I help her, you know what she's going to do? She's going to give me every bit of glory. She's going to give me every bit of praise. She's going to give me every bit of honor. And Jairus, when I get down to your house, I'm going to heal your daughter. Your daughter's going to give me every bit of praise and every bit of honor and every bit of glory because that's why God does what he does. He does things so that he can get the glory. It's always for our good, but it's always for his glory. And he's going to answer, not in our time, but he's going to answer in his time. He's not distracted by people. He's not distracted by places. He's not distracted by time. And he's not distracted by things. He's always on time. He's in time, on time all the time. He's never been a day late nor a dollar short. God is ready to answer your need. He is ready to meet your need, but he is going to answer in his time, not mine. He heals this woman and everybody gives him glory. This lets us know that he's God not only over deep and demons, but he's God over disease. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Cancer's no match for him. 
I know you're thinking you've been praying a long, long time, but just keep praying. I know you're thinking you've been, he's not distracted. He's not turned a deaf ear to your prayer. He's not turned a blind eye. His back is not turned to you. He hears you every time you cry. He knows that you're in a desperate situation. He is not distracted. If he chooses so, he hears us all at the same time. And if he chooses so, he can answer us all at the same time. But the timing may not be right for me. It may not be right for you. His timing is always perfect. He knows what you need. He is not distracted by anything or any place or any person. He'll go with you when you think he's distracted. But number three, 1209, preacher. Tell the caterers, drive slow. He goes with Jairus, not only in his desperation, not only in what Jairus thinks is a distraction, but he goes with Jairus in his moment of disbelief. Now, I believe in 22 and 23, preacher, when Jairus falls at the Lord's feet, he knows this is who I need. His faith is as, as abundant as it could be. His belief in God is as real as it could be. Could be. I mean, if you're looking at Jairus' faith and belief in verses 22 and 23, I believe it's like on that gas tank. You done stop by and you done filled it up and you see that needle go all the way over past the F. That's how full Jairus' belief and faith is in 22 and 23. Lord, I know you can. He makes this statement. Lord, if you'll just come, lay hands on her. She may be healed and she shall live. Lord, I know you can do this. I know you can. I have all the faith in the world, all the belief in the world that you can touch my little girl and she'd be healed. She shall live. But about the time he heals this woman, maybe he takes a few steps towards Jairus' house. The Bible says there comes a certain from Jairus' house. Maybe one of Jairus' servants. Maybe a friend. I don't, I don't have a clue who it is. But the Bible says there comes a certain. And preacher, my ADD mind lets me think that Jairus is on one end of the street with the Lord and the disciples. And this certain one is on this end. I mean, he's walked around the corner, came out to the end of the street, sees Jairus way down there. That's just my thinking. If I'm wrong, we'll, we'll, you, can, you can be a little bit more happy in heaven that you were right. But honestly... Preacher, everybody standing there that day hears what this certain has to say. This certain, I believe, stands at the end of the road. And you hear this all the way down the street. My daughter's dead! Everybody hears it. The Lord hears it. Jairus hears it. The disciples hear it. The whole neighborhood, the whole town hears, thy daughter's dead. And then to add insult to injury, Jairus, you shouldn't have left. You missed the last few minutes with your daughter. Why trouble ye the master any further? Sarcasm oozing. Given the idea there's nothing he can do now, the situation's done. She's dead. Ain't no need to bring nobody here. Your wife's crying. There's nothing he can do. Why trouble ye the master any further? Let me let you know. He wants you to keep troubling him. He wants you to keep bringing your petitions to him. If, if you've asked a hundred times, 
Go ahead and ask 101. Because the 101st time may be the time God says it's time for your answer. If you've asked a million times, go ahead and ask a million and one time. Because that next time you ask may be the time God says it's time for you to give me good glory. It's time for it to be for your good. It's time for me to get all the glory. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. If it's troubling you, it's not troubling him. If it's bothering you, I can promise you it's not bothering him. He's the Lord. He can handle it. It's not over until he says it's over. And Jairus' belief fuel gauge has went. The orange light has come on. He's about out of gas. But the Lord doesn't tell Jairus. Jairus, you got to be a mountain man of faith. He doesn't tell him you got to be have all the belief in the world. I remember one portion of scripture. He says just the faith the size of a mustard seed. He tells Jairus in 35 or 36 of this chapter. Jairus, I know it's troubling. I know the news we just heard is bothersome. But I see the tumult. I believe about verse number 38. He says, I, I see the tumult. He says, I see the trouble you're in. I know how your heart's breaking. I know how it's, how it's troubling you. I know how it's bothering you. But Jairus, only believe. Jairus, just believe just a little bit. It's not over till I say it's over. I can take the impossible situations and make them possible. I can raise the dead. I can make the, the lame to walk and the dumb to hear, or dumb to speak and the deaf to hear and the, and the blind to see. I can do these things. Jairus, they may, he may have said it's all over. He may have said not to bother me anymore, but I'm going to your house. You keep on troubling me. You keep on telling me. I'm going to tell you it's not over till God says it's over. In your moment of this believe Jesus will go with you only believe don't lose faith church God's as real today in your storm as he was when you was on the mountaintop yesterday he's as real in the situation only believe number four he goes with Jairus even through death I could add a point number five preach and say he goes with Jairus in his deliverance because this little girl gets up. The Lord raises her from the dead. And Jairus has done sit down on the curb. <coughs> Jairus probably hears his wife screaming at the house. The Bible says in verse 38 there's wailing at his house. So, I mean, Jairus is probably hearing his, his wife scream, probably hearing family members wail out in tears. And Jairus is sit down and thinking, I thought you were the answer. I thought you were him. And the Bible says that the Lord taketh Jairus. I believe that instead of Jairus and grab the Lord by the hand, preacher, the Lord's done grabbed yeah, him. Like the Lord has said, Jairus, let's go handle your problem. Yeah. Let's go handle your problem. We don't see the deliverance much in this life. We don't see many people raised from the dead. That spook us all out. But God's still able. God is still able. He can raise the dead. But you rest assured, when that loved one closes their eyes in death, they've entered into that celestial city. They wouldn't want to come back if, they, if, if you wanted them to. And we will get to see them again. That body will be put in the ground, but it will be reunited one day, whole and complete. We will have a deliverance, but let's just cover the death part right now because that's what we see a lot. Over the last three years, 
We've seen that a lot. Too much death. But you rest assured, because of grace, as she sang a while ago, when things in life get too hard to bear, when the storms come and those things that are unfair in our eyes hit us, it's grace that is sufficient to carry us another mile. It's grace that is sufficient to carry us through. His grace will help us with the death of a loved one, the death of a, a son or a daughter or a mom or a dad or a wife or a husband. Macy, go to the piano. We got a preacher friend up in Elkview, West Virginia. This preacher, Brother Lee Swords, his name. Brother Lee pastors the <coughs> Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Elkview, West Virginia. We were singing there, preacher. I don't know how long ago it's been. I got a good memory. It's just short. I can't remember where we were last Sunday. But it was sometimes, probably within the last five or six years, maybe. And Mr. Nate, my in-laws sang the song at the, at the end of our, our set, the end of the set we're doing. My in-laws sang the song at the crossing. <clears throat> There's a river somewhere called Jordan, and Jordan signifying death, and there'll be somebody waiting to carry me over. That, that's what the song signifies. My in-laws sang that song to end our set in this Sunday night service. Brother Swore gets up. Starts telling the story how that just a few years before, or a few weeks before, maybe even a couple years, I don't know. But he said, it hadn't been too long ago that I was sitting in my office. And my phone rang one afternoon. And it was the nurse at the assisted living at the nursing home where my mom was. And this nurse made the statement, preacher, you need to come fast. Your mom was on her last little, little bit. She ain't going to last long. She's probably going to die soon. You need to get here and get here fast. He said, before I hung up the phone to rush to the nursing home, I asked her the question, ma'am, is anybody with my mom? Is anybody holding her hand? Is anybody singing her a good gospel song? Is anybody encouraging her it's going to be all right? And he said, some of the saddest words I heard in my life was preaching, nobody's here. She's all by herself. He said, my heart was broke. He said, I rushed and jumped in the car and I'm headed to a few miles to the nursing home and I'm begging the Lord the whole time, Lord, let me make it. Let me be there to hold her hand. Let me be there to sing her a good gospel song. Let me be there to encourage her. Everything was going to be all right. Lord, let me make it. And he said, I'm crying so hard that I pull off on the side of the road because I can't even see to drive. And he said, I'm asking the Lord, please let me make it. Please let me make it. He said, about that time, while I'm sitting on the side of the road, my phone rings again, and it's the nurse. And the nurse says, preacher, we're sorry. She didn't last but just a few minutes after we called you. She's gone. And he said, with my heart breaking, through tears I asked, ma'am, was anybody there? Was anybody holding her hand? Was anybody singing her a good gospel song? Was anybody encouraging her it was going to be all right? And he said, the saddest words I've ever heard. She said, preacher, nobody was here. She died all by herself. And he said, my heart is crushed. This is my mama. He said, I start kicking myself. Lee, you should have been there. Lee, you should have been there. You should have been holding her hand. You should have been singing her a gospel song. You should have been encouraging mama. It's going to be all right. 
Dee, you should have made it. He said, I finally make it to the nursing home. And he said, I walk in the room where my mom's lifeless body is. And he said, I'm kicking myself all the way. Lee, you should have been here. You should have been here. You should have been here. He said, about that time, those words came out of my mouth. He said, I, I sensed that hand, that unseen hand, out of nowhere came and wrapped his arms around me. And I heard these words, Lee, nobody was here physically holding your mama's hand. But the moment she took her last breath, I grabbed her by the hand and I led her all the way across and I led her into that city built four square. And Lee, nobody was here physically singing your mama a gospel song. But when I, she took her last breath, I started into how beautiful heaven is. And I told her that my amazing grace is sufficient. I let her know that heaven was a wonderful place. Nobody was here physically, Lee, encouraging her. But when she took her last breath, I let her know there ain't going to be no more sickness. There ain't going to be no more sorrow. There ain't going to be no more suffering. There ain't going to be no more heartache, no more heartbreak. We're forever together in that city built four square. Lee, she didn't die by herself. I was here. I carried her across. My grace was sufficient to lead her across to the other side. And he said, Lee, I know you're going to suffer for a few days. I know your heart's going to break. I know you're gonna have troubles and storms and dark days, but you rest assured through this death, I'll be with you. My grace will be sufficient for you. My grace will carry you through. My grace is sufficient. The Lord went with him even through death. Child of God, he'll go with you. He will go with you. No matter what it is you're facing, what it is you're going through, there's a God in heaven who will go with you. And Jesus went with him. Whatever it is you're facing, bring it to him. Whatever it is you're going through, give it to him. Jesus will go with you. We're standing all over the building. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I want y'all to do that. Bring it all to him, Mace. I want y'all to sing that. Bring it all to him. Whatever it is you're facing, these altars are open. You come right now. You pour your petition out to God. You give it to him. He wants you to keep troubling him. He wants you to keep asking. He wants you to keep seeking. He wants you to keep knocking. Whatever storm you're facing right now, you bring it to the Lord. He'll go with you. He'll come to your house just like he did with Jairus. He'll put his hand on it. He'll touch it. Not in our time, but in his time. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I bless your name for being so good to us. God, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to be in this place with these people. And right now, whatever's going on in the hearts and lives of your people, I pray that you touch them. God, for that one who may be lost, don't know you as Lord and Savior, today needs to be their day of salvation. God, have your way in this invitation. Touch hearts and change lives as only you can do. Help us to give you the glory in Christ's name. Amen. They're going to sing. If you need to come, you come right now. Amen. While they sing, preacher, it's yours. When troubles come against me and I feel so overwhelmed when it seems the more I try giving my troubles seem to 
Anybody in the building say, Preacher, we're facing something that only the Lord can solve. We need your prayers. Would you lift your hand this morning? I'm seeing, I bet I see 50 hands. Before they sing the second verse, why don't you come on right now? Make your way out from all sides of the aisle. We're going to go downstairs and eat in just a moment, but this is your time to do business with God. Come on, step out right now all over the church. Sing, girls. In the throne room of my Savior, that's where I find sweet relief. I find strength to bear my burdens. I find comfort for my grief. And when my cup is overflowing and he's filled into the rim, what a blessed consolation I can bring it all.
Would you enjoy the Scott Matthews family this morning? Would you let them know? Macy, stay there with me, girls. Y'all can be seated. Would you be seated for me for 30 seconds? Fellas, make your way down. We're going to collect an offering for this family to help them as they travel. And if you utilize our online system, you've got a category there for the Scott Matthews family. Uh, I, I'm going to say, share this with you real quickly. Put a smile on your face just before they collect the offering. Late last night, we were here at the church. They were getting set up. And Morgan, that's the one that was standing right over here. Uh, Morgan, you're 17 now. Is that right, sweetheart? 17. I said, Morgan, you probably don't remember this, but about 12, 13 years ago, you all, the Rochesters, had sung at our tent meeting. And then we went down the next week to McLeansville Baptist to hear you all. Uh, you got up and did a, a song or two, and then you stepped down, and I said, Morgan, uh, I held out a dollar bill, a one dollar bill, and, 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 and waved it at you, and you came running, and you gave me a big hug and a kiss on the cheek, all for a dollar. She looked at me, and she said, Preacher, for five, I'll do it again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Take off, fellas. You all be as generous as you can this morning. <laughs> Play for us, Macy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Macy. All right, let me give you some quick instructions now. At the back of the church this morning, you will see uh, they're set up with their product table. Make sure you avail yourselves to that. Everybody is invited to stay with us for lunch today. A reminder, you can get there two ways. The easiest way is to go this way down the steps, uh, and everything is down there ready for you. If you're not able to navigate steps, you can drive around this direction or that direction and walk in straight downstairs. And then we want to make sure we wish Brother Ken a very happy birthday. I, I have to tell you, we walked in today and... Yeah. can think about is God still saves old sinners. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for your generosity. He looks really good to be 73, doesn't he? Let's all stand together. We're going to say the blessing. Lord, it's been good to be in your house today. Thank you for the opportunity that you've presented for us. Lord, we love you, but most of all, you love us. Bless our meal. Bless those that have prepared it in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed. Stay with us for lunch today, folks. God bless you.